possible PS5 rumors. Hot off the rumor mill. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Saul. Bridges, bringing you a lucky episode 54. Saul, how'd your week go? Pretty bad. Real, real quick. It's just, I, I heard that, you know. I, I've been sick, coincidentally, with exactly the same thing Blaze has, which... It's your turn. What do you mean? It's your turn to go through, like, the, I guess the so, hell two the, weeks. Yeah, the through. bladder problems. Yeah. Um, so... I just, it's just been terrible. We haven't talked a lot, and uh, I guess, you know, we might as well get into what we've been playing, but uh, before that, we should... Uh, yeah, we got a little intro, our, so we are Triangle there. Squared, a PlayStation podcast. We come to you every Monday in video format on YouTube uh, at 10 p.m. Nope. P- 10 a.m. PST, <laughs> 12 p.m. CST, thanks all. Uh, <laughs> and we go to podcast services except spotify so you know working po- on that yeah oh are you really working on that okay we'll see how well this works so we, can we will we will update as soon as that happens if podcast, so, be let good. us lo- let, like let us love you and you love us in return um if you guys like the episode if you enjoy these conversations be sure to drop a like on the video i hate saying that because that's the most standard youtube thing to say but hey you know we do want to see if you enjoy it if you don't you know always write us a review on any podcast service you may find itunes is always up there well this is what i say i mean yeah that is the most standard youtube thing to say sure but i mean call to actions call to action sometimes it sure it's good is, yeah. you know? it's, it's, i know i've been watching content every now and then i love right and even i Knowing that if I subscribe to it, I would thoroughly enjoy it. I will not subscribe to it or like it because I don't think about it. Right, you just move yeah. along. But with that being said, we I mean the, big, the biggest reason I mean is that if you like us and you and you want to help support us in any ways that you can, there's a lot of free ways that you can help us get up there. And that way being liking our videos, subscribing our videos, specifically on the YouTube platform, will give us uh, a higher search ranking. So I mean, yeah, on the on the back end of the way these things work, that's kind of how that works. I mean, a lot of people who, who peruse YouTube know that. Some people don't. I mean, it's just one of those things where you find yourself on the platform podcast service is a little different they take reviews and um you know word reviews and, and, and downloads actually according to and, a couple of the advertisers yeah, I looked into. popularity stuff like that so anyway moving on saw what have you been playing this week because it's been kind of lopsided for me up until yesterday yeah it's uh it's actually really lopsided for me too um uh, we played far cry what monday night did you beat it no blasphemy yeah yeah well we played multiplayer I know, but I'm saying, did you beat the game at all yet? No, I've been sick. <laughs> so, like, we, we me, uh, you and me, and then all the boys in the Discord, we've been we're playing the multiplayer for a while, and then I hopped on Rainbow Six for a game with Jonathan, which I may do tonight. I don't know yet. Um, was that and, Monday or was that that was Wednesday or no, Thursday? No, it wasn't. wasn't it? No, 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 no. It had to have been Tuesday, Tuesday because we recorded the impressions episode Tuesday, and then we. Uh, we went and played Far Cry the same night, but really, that's it. Like, I played Far Cry that night with you guys. I played uh, Rainbow Six with Jonathan, and I woke up feeling like garbage on like Wednesday, and that's when I kind of went to the doctor and found out everything that was wrong with me. I kind of laid in bed a lot since then. I did not play a lot of video games. Um, I did play one round of Fortnite on PS4. Uh, I have a guy at work who's a friend of mine who was telling me about kind of going back and like the updates and stuff they've done. And I thought, you know, I might as well check it out. And then instead of complaining about the end game being nothing but build offs, I thought it'd be interesting to actually get good at it and maybe it'd be actually be fun. So instead of criticizing it, like I was saying that, like, I don't like it just because it's the same thing 
of it being around one fortress. It's like, well, maybe it could be around my fortress if I built it the right way and stuff like that. So I was kind of looking into that, of course, in incognito mode because you don't want your YouTube filled up with Fortnite videos. There's too many of them. There's too many arrows pointing to things in those videos and thumbnails. It's not fun. Oh, trust me, man. That's out so, the window. I deal with Kyrie and all of her Minnie uh, Mouse and stuff nope. coming up on my YouTube, and I just, you know, uh, see, no, I, I just I'm try and make curious. sure that's not on the Nartech one, so that we're, you know, we don't deal with that. But uh, that's really it. Like those three games, like probably less than ten hours total of gaming this week, which is really rare for me. Um, I plan on playing some Fortnite when I get home from here before we go out and get dinner, and I plan on playing some um, Rainbow Six tonight if Jonathan's going to be online. And I'm, I will go back to Far Cry, but like I'm not, I'm not in the mood right now. I'm not Far Cried out, but I'm kind of a little burnt out on the game in a weird way. It's, it's, well, it's more I, so of just wanting to play something different. I, yeah, I mean, it's I get you, I but I do think you know, carrying it. over from our from our impressions episode. I mean, this would be like a, just a small kind of hit to it. I mean, you know, time to call back to it. It's like you know, I mentioned the other day is like the game starts to wear you thin by the time that you start getting through the game and realize that a lot of the characters are pretty shallow and thin, in a way yeah even even joseph i did mean you as you watch, continue to go on did you watch the movie that came out for free i didn't it's not bad i mean i'm sure it's not i just i i that was i mean if it makes you feel i never watched i love final fantasy 15 i mean i say i love i really really liked final fantasy 15 but i didn't watch king's glaive well, i did watch the full-length um, movie i think too this is i did watch 30. brotherhood or whatever where it was the anime style one yeah. that they did i actually liked that one that was pretty cool but, but point being i mean i get where you're going with it it's just Something different. And, you know, yeah. Fortnite, actually going back, they have updated it quite a lot. Like, it actually looks better. Like, they I mean, people are talking about on it and That's everything. why it's killing PUBG is that the frequency and of updates, the ad, the frequency of ad, uh, map add-ins, stuff like that. They've added so many weapons since I've been back. There's, like, a vending machine now you can trade in materials and get weapons out of. That, how thought how that was Borderlands weird. of it, you know what I mean? I saw that, and I was like, that just makes me oh, think yeah, of Borderlands. Oh, yeah, it is kind of Borderlands. I didn't even, I did not think of that, but then again. And the art style already Tears, yeah, you know, you know, you should really, you should really try it out. I think you'd enjoy it. I think uh, I still have it on my console. Like it's free if you yeah. don't. <laughs> but what have you been playing? My week was pretty sad. I'm sure yours was better. Okay, so I played a lot. Uh, I beat Far Cry Five. So I and I mean, I told you I was really close to it. I'm at 98 percent of the trophies. Just need to do the grinding or the stupid multiplayer trophy, which is like the uh, arcade heat. Well, I can't remember what it is. Yeah, but you have to win 10 featured maps on multiplayer, and we're trying to do it through boost groups, so we don't have to deal with a bunch of BS and playing. There are friend, like. our friend boost groups, though. We're not. Yeah, like, yeah, no, no. It's, it's, we're it's all listen to boost groups. Out. Thanks, it's, everybody. I'll, I'll shout them out. We got uh, Bobame or Bobame, whatever you call it. Uh, Bobame. Whatever. We have Liam. We have Blake. Uh, we have, I mean, then we have um, <laughs> Liam's, Liam's wife slash girlfriend. I'm not actually sure what their their marital status is or if, you know. It's just a PS4 controller. Well, no, that was that time. The first time she actually was with us. Oh, see, I, yeah. I, I've only played with you guys once. And I'm not have, going uh, for the platinum, so I don't really care. Then to we have it. Babame or whatever his neighbor. Um, so. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, too. Yeah. So, anyway, it's been all right. You have to have six people. It's still just a dread because it. It's a grind. It's boring to kind of do. And then you start, end up trying to screw around while you're doing it, which starts to slow you down. But outside of that, I did finally start. I said I was going to be more into the PS Plus Pals things this week uh, or this month since I didn't really get to. I say get to. I meant to and didn't get around to uh, Bloodborne. And some of that was my bad. Some of that was the game not wanting to load from my disc for some reason. Uh, but I have started Mad Max. I am a. I'm further now than just that but i have one of the outposts under my control that i've broke free and i've done a couple of other missions and i'm on my way to a new area uh the game's interesting i don't 
you know, one of the things I constantly heard was that it's a good game, and I was like, okay, well, I mean, let me figure this out. It, it carries with it the same problems I have with a lot of our, I mean, with a lot with with Avalanche's games that I am familiar with, which is a Just Cause series, where it just it's poorly optimized in Very the sense so. of the way it looks. It runs fine, thankfully. It doesn't have a lot of frame drops that I've experienced. I am playing on a pro uh, with boost mode active, so that may play into it. I'm not sure. Um, but it's it's fun. It's weird because it has that Warner Brothers thing going for it. Like I talked about this on the Discord where you know Warner Brothers starting with Batman going forward into um, the Middle Earth games and even carrying forward this one. There's like all Ubisoft games share some kind of DNA. Yeah. This like these all share a DNA that's kind of similar to to Ubisoft, but they're trying to play their own ways on it. Um and I just feel it carrying forward and it's interesting playing this game because I tend to avoid Ubisoft games because they all start to feel the same. Uh, In a way, yeah. And I've played enough WB games lately uh, that it's just... I'm not disliking it, and the car combat being added in actually is a really nice addition because it gives it a little bit of a break, just like how the car combat in um, Arkham Knight was like a nice break from it just doing... You know, flying around everywhere and punching the hell out of people. Um, and I, I mean, you know... Yes, I do think that they slightly overused uh, the Batmobile, and there's a chance that maybe they'll slightly overuse car combat. Who the hell knows? Um, not sure, but I'm hoping that the game continues to be fun right now. I'm having fun with it. Even if it's just a uh, trying to get complete grips with it. Cause there's like multiple upgrade systems in the game, um, which is fun. I mean, as for, as far as RPG elements go more so than even the original middle earth went. So huh. that's pretty much what I've played. I'm going to, de- I'm going to download track mania turbo just out of curiosity. I've downloaded Terra. I plan to start trying out Terra, seeing what that's all about. Screen Terra. Uh-huh. I know, but you know, your MMO experience comes mostly from Final Fantasy fourteen, which is like a really unbalanced MMO experience. So as long as the game's fun and good and it looks like a slightly easy platinum, as long as I can have fun uh, playing no, it going through the platinum, then I'm telling you, I don't mean like screen tearing every now and then, I mean constant. That's why I can't play it. I just can't. I mean, I just find it surprising there's already people who have platinum the game. It can't be that bad at running. I get like I'll Google it right I now. I mean it's fine. I don't need to see it and I don't want to waste <laughs> podcast time on it but my point being i'm gonna try it out regardless of your opinion because you know what we were talking about don't always listen to reviewers so i can't always listen to your opinion i mean all these complaints on this form right here it needs v-sync it really does that that's the problem right okay there. well maybe it's it probably does, running but that's probably okay. running uh too high but i guess you want me to go ahead and drop into the uh, drop good sir yeah go ahead sure we have deep ones for ps4 and ps vita we have dusty raging fist for ps4 we have extinction for ps4 out digitally and retail we have League of Evil for PS4 and PS Vita, Masters of Anima for PS4, Operation Warcade for PSVR, Owlboy for PS4, Project Nimbus Code Mirai for PS4, Mirai, Mirai, something like that, Regalia of Men's and Monarchs for PS4, Rick and Morty Virtual Rickality for PSVR, Rogue Aces for PS4 and PS Vita, we have Starlet Adventures for PS4, Super Amaze Balls for PS Vita. <laughs> or okay. PS VR, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, yeah. Super Dale Deluxe for PS4. Time Carnage for PS VR, and that's the last on the list. Um, a lot of PS VR games this week coming out. Virtual Recality is what I'm is what I'm aiming for the most. Uh I've I thoroughly enjoyed uh Accounting Plus. Uh, and that was definitely made with the same, you know, sense of humor and style of all of Justin Roiland stuff. So I'm definitely excited to hop into that. And I mean of course I haven't played it yet, so while I wait for more Rick and Morty on you know Adult Swim, if it ever happens, which I'm sure it will, um, 
I get to experience a little bit of it in VR. And why not? Because it's made by uh, Alchemy Labs, which yeah. are the same people that handled Job, Job Simulator. Simulator and our coming, uh, upcoming Vacation Simulator. So yeah. I'm excited. I love those games. And they are, even though they're probably not the best examples of how immersive that VR can be, it's the it's prime examples of how fun VR can be yeah. from, from very stupid things. Like, it's just... I don't it's know what fun. it is. They're very, very menial things, but they're fun to screw around within within the worlds so of. I don't know. It's a yeah, it's, just like what was it? Making coffee and um, job simulator was fun. Yeah, like, like little, being a mechanic. Like they take they're, what they're doing is they're taking menial tasks and making them fun by yeah. having stupid jokes and like when you turn the radio on and job simulator when you're in the car thing, all the commercials are really dumb. Yeah, and like making fun of humans. I don't know. It's, it, you know, they're acting like they're uh, radio from the time. Yeah. It was really funny. It had like weird ad lib and stuff. Kind of like, you know, even though I don't play them very often anymore, or really, I guess at all, the Grand Theft Auto games, I used to always love listening to the radio stations because you're like, what the hell are these people it's, saying? Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, actually, for those. So, they, they, anyway. Their they're, uh, they're, uh, parody on those is really fun. I mean, what's your game? That, if, if there was one that was coming this week that you had to pick up, what would you say you're most excited I don't, for? I don't really think there is one this okay. week. Um, I was curious. Owlboy looks good. And I do mean that. Like It actually looks really good. The art style for that game is great. Lacks a little bit in substance, though, um, from what I played on PC. wasn't in, like uh, Steam has it logged for me for like four hours, I think. So like not enough to keep me going after that. So I think... I find certain games hit home better on consoles though just because of the the nature in which you end up playing them but were you playing it with a controller on yeah, pc yeah then i guess it probably won't change now that feels like a game that would be great on handheld i'm surprised you didn't uh, pick it up on switch that's well and i'm kind of glad i didn't now and waste the money because it was free in the humble bundle um on pc so i didn't actually pay anything for oh, okay yeah that's why okay I so, got you. yeah that's it's kind of one of those things that's like it looks really good and it plays fine. There's nothing really wrong with it performance wise. It's just not it's just, hitting it for you. It's kind of empty, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, That's fine. You know. I'm going to hop into news real quick. Yes, sir. Uh, first and foremost, not like you don't know, pretty much everybody probably does, but PS4's exclusive Spider Man has been given a release date. Given a release date, plan to swing around New York starting September 7th. Uh, on top of a release date, Game Informer has a lot of new gameplay for anybody that's interested. If you want to see it, it doesn't look like they're digging into any story territory. It's a lot of free roam and kind of letting you get to grips with, like, if you want to see exactly how the combat system's going to work out, which looks really fun. What about QTEs? Uh, dude, there's not been a new QTE yet, and I'm going to get was, to that. I was trying <laughs> to segue you. Uh, well, fine, Saul. Give me a little two-wheel thing that I stand up on and lose my balance. But I guess I will. <laughs> when asked on Twitter about QTEs in the game, uh, Insomniac responded by saying, quote, there are very, very minor points of the game used at cinematic set pieces. Which is quote. fantastic news. So that news. cures all of Saul's woes and problems, uh, which is, I'm hoping, good. Cause no, yeah, I'm super excited for the game. Especially yeah. after, I mean, I was excited for it for QTE. Like, even if it was QTEs in it, like, it was I'm, just I'm not be against slightly QTE. Let down. Yeah. yeah, I'm not against, like, Severely against QTEs. Oh, I know, but it just it's made just, you a little more tepid on it when you saw yeah, it, and I remember I, that because I don't prefer I don't prefer QTEs over actual. I think you know. QTEs always have a spot in games, but yeah, I don't want a QTE extremely QTE no, heavy game, especially in a game like Spider Man uh, in an open world environment. So, that would be too much, you know. Uh, closed yeah. off, more more linear experiences. I get going QTE, but I mean, I don't know. It is always interesting to I'm me, excited actually, to as, a, as a quick break-in. There's a, there's a scene in Mad Max that's going on, and I'm like, why didn't they just let me do that? Like, it's just driving the car and showing off a bunch of explosions, but if they were going to do that, why didn't I just do that and you show off the explosions beside me? Yeah. And I was like, that would have been a cooler way for me to just, every well, now and then you play a game and you're like, I know that you're doing this for some form of cinematic purpose, Yeah. but why couldn't you just let me do it? That's the big problem I have. And be that. cinematic by swooping the camera in weird ways and I, stuff, actually, you know? Yeah, that's the point I was making the E3 uh, watch along we did is that like a lot of them looked 
particular like QTE styled things, and I was just like, I hope it's not because at that point, like, just let me. Some do of it. it may have just been on screen button prompt to show you what you were supposed to be hitting in the moment, but I don't know. See, that's the thing. The context of what we were seeing it as makes it, some like, of it. Some it of it was too. undoubtedly QTE. Yeah. Some of it looked like it was like I think you're in control there. Maybe it's just telling you to hit triangle to vault over yeah. something because instead of like showing you above something, like it's a tutorial thing, it's basically. Like, yeah. And I, who knows? That's the problem. I mean, we'll see when the game really releases, but. Even just hearing them, you know, I mean, obviously they're addressing it. Right. And they probably wouldn't be addressing it if it was going to be a big issue. Or they no. would be addressing it in a more defensive manner instead of using this particular language, which I think was smart. And one of their things was that, have you seen a, a QTE section in any of the Game Informer footage? And you haven't. No. So it's going to be small, and I kind of understand that. Uh, so good on them. Uh, next up, speaking during an anniversary panel for the game, Nier Tamada producer, uh, producer Yosuke Saito mentioned that he'd like to work with the team again and that they might be able to, quote, open another door in the Nier universe, end quote, at some point in the future. Uh, and as fans to look forward to that, Yoko Taro, though, uh, also mentioned the possibility of creating a new IP, which may or may not be with that team. There's literally no way to tell. Um, Hopefully it's in the near future. <laughs> Oh, yeah, good one, Saul. Uh, also at PAX, uh, Saul's favorite game ever is uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy Fifteen. There was a panel where they talked about the future of the game. Here are some key points. Uh, in future updates, they hope to add character creation to the main story so your character will replace Noctis. I'm not a fan of that. I don't understand that. I do not that like Final that. Fantasy game. Uh, but hey, if they maybe they've gotten really good feedback on Comrades character creation because that's what they were talking about. It'll be basically making an avatar like you do in Comrades, but it'll replace Noctis. Or is as the Noctis main character. such a uh, like a shallow character that anything could replace him? <laughs> I don't like when they do that. Maybe he is, but I still think by having a defined character model and backdrop history, I I, I feel like it pulls more, together when yeah. it's not a pre-made character, which goes back to my Far Cry Five complaints, which is funny. We were talking and Liam was like, you know, at first I thought you were being kind of hard in the game for it. He goes, but the more I played, I was like why am I the character? Like, why, why did I need to make my own character for this? Yeah. And I stand behind that. I think sometimes character creation is just to add it in for the reason of trying to make the game look better to someone who may not want to try it, which I mean, I guess whatever it's a business, you gotta do what you gotta do. But, uh, on top of that, uh, comrades will be getting a standalone release this summer with an update, adding new bosses, raid bosses and battle challenges. Apparently battle challenges will have multiple bosses, uh, which is interesting. Uh, whereas normal raids will just have one boss. Uh, and the four DLC that we talked about that the game will be getting are actually slated now to be released in 2019 as all the rest of these updates come in. Uh, the uh, four DLC are going to be Episode 1, Arden, The Conflict of the Sage. Uh, episode Side Story, Aranea, The Beginning of the End. I'm glad to see she's getting one. She was actually one of the cooler side characters. Uh, episode 2, Luna Freya, The Choice of Freedom. Hopefully that helps World End get more time with Luna Freya. That was one of his biggest complaints. Which, I mean, I get she's oddly sparsed into the game. I, I don't want to say too much, but uh, episode three, Noctis, the final strike, is the last one. The lineup is Dawn, uh, named Dawn the Future and will bring an alternate grand finale that doesn't override the existing ending, but will be an option for fans who want to, quote, challenge fate. This is cut content, right? This has to be. There's no way this game has had this much DLC that they just made. Like, this has to be well, you think originally this is, this slated This is 2019. Now you're dealing with, you know... No, I know though, but it's like and the, and, you the know, fact the DLC, they have all the stories laid out for this, right? Like this, this has to have been a part of the original game they had to cut. I disagree. I don't think it had to have been. Personally, I so, don't. so you think that their time making the fishing VR game was more than so than important than this? 
because then that means that they that, that means they poorly I slotted mean, their time. What do you what do you mean in terms so of so like so like they made this dumb VR fishing game when there's actually more story content. Well, here on, they but why, why is it a dumb VR fishing game? It's just an extra experience. I guarantee you, not a big team was working on that. But I, I know. But I'm just saying, like this whole thing right here. There's like there's there's four new DLCs and they all seem to be heavily story focused. All of the DLCs. So been why weren't heavily first, story though? focused? Except like the VR stuff. Like the, well, they've already the done comrades. four of them. They already did Ignis, Prompto, and no, uh, I know. But I'm just saying, like this this seems like this all was. Well, slated to be in the original game. I don't think so. I, now maybe the Ignis prompt on what button. I don't think so because they're not even. They don't even take place within their side stories. They don't take place within the confines of the game's world or game setup or anything that's pertinent to the main story itself. But they're extra world building that's happening to give you more insight as to why these characters may have these motivations. Uh, some of these seem to play a little more into the main story. Uh, but I at least know that, see, I think that they always had plans to do DLC. Or I say always. I think that they wanted to see how well the game did. The game did well. They already had plans that if the game did well, let's do DLC. Here's the DLC we're going to do. People seem to like the sidekicks, but you don't get a, you don't learn enough about them throughout the game. So, hey, what we're going to do is we're going to give you all three of the sidekicks that Noxus has. We're going to give you each a story of them to help you understand why they will, like some of their character motivations and some of their outside story outside of this game. But like um, they couldn't find a way to put that in the game and work well? I mean, I could see maybe not. Now, maybe they could have worked in there, but I think some of them also took place after the story, which makes sense as to make it DLC, because I'm, fr- I'm fairly positive, and I don't want to say too much, but I'm fairly positive the episode Prompto takes place after the main story, and it's in regards to something he learns throughout the main story, so it makes sense for him to have to do it later. See, now, something like that is, but like when you have four main protagonists... And I think some of those stories also took place in between... Uh, I don't want to say too much again, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... In between the events of the game. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna back off and just leave it at that. Well, I just, uh, I'll it, tell you later. It feels um, like the the like you have four main protagonists and like you couldn't do a good enough job. Well, okay, of first of all, we'll say character depthness. I will say Arnea, Lunafreya, and and Arden have been heavily requested to get stories. People really liked Arnea, and I guarantee you that's part of why we got that. But but, but what I'm saying is they're requesting because they didn't do a good job of putting these characters. Well, sure, in the but game in the first it, place, it also depends which just on makes what, me wonder why they're like where they cut because. Yeah, and I get, had, I get the I wonder. I just don't think. I mean, you haven't even beat the game, so I, I that's wonder. That's true, but like, there's, I, at, this, at this point, there's no motivation because the story is really lacking. Like, like what World I mean, was kind of saying. Me wrong. Like, don't get me wrong. The story is lacking. It's not a perfect game by any standard. It's a fun game. The story is enough to give me the motivation to keep moving, at least on Noctis' side. Uh, but the other characters are nice to see fleshed out. Now, of course, does that mean, yeah, we already know they shipped the unfinished game. Everyone knows that. I mean, it's it, it's just a sad truth. The game was unfinished. They've already patched a lot of it to give it to fix chapter 13, which I didn't think was really broken. And it was actually one of my favorite chapters because of how different it was. But I get why some people would not like the pacing chose with it. Uh, but that being said, I mean, I think that there's no way that was cut content. I just I can't imagine that. These short these, these stories are not I long. Lose a lot of faith. In even Square. even episode prompto. I mean, I know they're not like more than four hours of even that. And they're fifteen dollars a piece or ninety nine or ten dollars a piece. I mean, for four hours, yeah, that's about right. I mean, the the um, dishonored DLC were both like four hour campaigns, and even dishonored death of the outsider was like six hours, and it was thirty dollars. So I mean. And that's I just a reskin. So. I mean, Uncharted just, Lost Legacy is a reskin. Charge that high of a price for like this? All stuff wasn't asked for though. Like in the in the beginning, nobody asked for these characters to have uh, DLCs when they launched. People were surprised they were a thing. 
Yeah, so but like, I'm saying that, I, and I get that. But now the social opinion has changed because the, actually, I remember even seeing anecdotally and like through people I do know who have beat the game who liked it, and then also checking on different like forums that I occasionally get on. When you see these news, a lot of people turn their opinions around based on the DLC. Uh, I've not played them. I have no opinion of the DLC. I'm fine with where I stand on the game. I've debated, like, hey, going back in. One quick thing I wanted to throw in is that they talked about for the Windows edition. There's going to be a mod editor. There's going to be a level editor that you can make your own levels they and have stuff. Their own, uh, um, Did you see that somebody made like in the game basically Hot Shots Golf? And it looked awesome. And I would actually enjoy that. And I had a full bar underneath. You shot it. It said, nice shot. And you had a point that you're trying to aim to. I thought that was a really cool What is it called when you try to test a game? Oh, they have their own benchmarking thing that you could do in that game. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. It's kind of like Metro does and uh, Ashes of Singularity. A lot of people don't know that Ashes of Singularity is an actual game. It's like an actual game game. And it's it's tested as one of the highest, like, ranking benchmarks you would want to do for a game. Yeah, PC gaming is crazy. But, yeah, that's actual RTS style game. Maybe not RTS, but... Yeah, yeah. Space weird anyway, game. Moving on, PSVR and Killing Floor fans can look forward to Killing Floor Incursion coming to the platform on May 1st for $29.99 and will include all of the post-launch content from the original Vive and Rift releases. No word on control schemes yet, but I, I've i not played Killing Floor 2 yet, uh, nor have I played the first one, but the idea of playing Killing Floor with the aim controller, if it works really well, That'd be cool. sounds extremely fun. Killing Floor so, was pretty fun for the for a for a free game, especially. Oh yeah, because it was Killing Floor too. I mean, I have it. It was free a couple months back or whatever. I mean, probably a year ago. But yeah, I remember getting it. I still have it in my list. I rolled through it the other day. I was like, maybe one of these days I'll play it. So that may be one of the ways I do it. I am trying to support VR, but at the same time, I'm having trying to have time to play everything. So yeah. Uh, next up, Drinkbox Studios have announced, and dream crushingly so, I'm so sad. No Vita. That Guacamelee 2 will launch as a PS4 console exclusive, meaning it's coming to PC and PS4 sometime this summer. That pretty much crushes my dreams of Vita because even if they're working, they specifically said the reason it's coming to PS4 is they have a deal with Sony to launch a song alongside them first. I can almost just seriously doubt this comes to Vita ever, which is sad. That's where I want to play it, but that's okay. Uh, next up, again, something that probably everyone knows but it's worth touching on is that the Spyro Reignited trilogy, as it is being named, has been officially announced and is being developed by Skylanders developer. Also, not surprisingly, because they've had basically reign of the Spyro IP for a little while. Uh, Toys for Bob is the name of that developer. Yeah. The game is set to release on thir- uh, release four thirty nine ninety nine on September 21st. Uh, interestingly, rumors, if you remember constantly stated that it would have a one-year exclusivity window on PS4 similar to Crash, and it does not. Nope. It was announced for PS4 and Xbox One same-day release. Interesting. I'm super excited for it. I was actually t- I actually showed Annie that, like, that was one of the, the things of news that I actually got to intake this week when I was just kind of laying in bed. That sure. was kind of the cool thing. Hard to miss, you know what I mean? Like they, That's true. Cause like, they had a, such a weird campaign to get this out. Like, yeah. Did you see the eggs going out that they were sending to people? Right, yeah, to IG, and they sent like a purple And it was the whole egg. Falcon McBob thing, yeah. which makes sense because you know Toys for Bob and all this so stuff. It's, 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 I'm, I'm super excited for it. Like September has just gotten that much better with, with that and Spider-Man all up in it. It's going to be another, another one of those months like May where I have – Dark Souls and Detroit. But Way we'll, too much. We'll get yeah. through it. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to talk about with that real quick is that for fan, if you haven't seen this already, for people who own the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, uh, you can actually open the game and there are basically a cheat code at the front screen. And you'll see the same trailer, but you just see it in, in full detail on the game, which I thought was cool. It'll show you the full trailer and original asset. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. 
which I thought was a, a good way to do it. So, uh, Lawbreakers, and this should be no surprise to you, Saul, uh, studio Boss Key Productions has announced that in response to the game not finding enough of an audience, that the studio will support the game in its current state, but will be moving on to other projects. They mentioned that they are determined to give the game a second life, but a pivot to free-to-play uh currently is not going to be possible due to a lack of resources and publishing planning that would be required to do so. Um, who knows what they're going to move what a on waste to. Of a game. They did mention that their new, uh, their new projects are going to have new creative directors. Yeah. Uh, is Cliff Blaz- uh, Blazinski going to be in there? I'm not sure. I think it's his studio. And I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was creative director. In my opinion, he had, so, he had so. one good run of games. That's gears. I, That's I will. Well, I mean, unreal tournament to be flat too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but oh, I'm talking about like on recently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I will say I think some of where the misguidedness came from this was obviously his mouth. He he's known to be it's very too, crazy. He's too egotistical. But I also think that he in his mind he was so aware, or and it it turned out to not be true, I guess. But he was so sure that it was going to be able to sell just off of his name and it being a shooter game. He needs like, that game needs to be free to play and it needs to be free to play last year. Like that's the it, thing. It, it may still be happening. But he said is there the specific wording was determined to give the game a second life. Uh, but but we can't stay idle while we do that. So that we're going to have they probably are working on new happen. projects to yeah. fund what they're trying to do. Yeah, they're probably going to come out with a new project that's going to be half done, and they're going to end up using the funds that were raised by that project to put more into this one. They're going to launch a half-worked uh, DLC plan or expansion plan for this. They're going to see that nobody comes back to it, and it's going to be free to play by them this year. Guarantee you. Well, if they can, the game may just like completely happens. tank, like uh, even like um, uh, yeah, what was Battleborn? That? Yeah, I was gonna say there. So, yeah, so like hard to well, say. Battleborn did go free to play. That's the thing is that, like even that game went free to play for a while. I think it wasn't on PS4. Like there was some stipulation there. I think you said to buy it on PS4. I don't know though. I didn't play the game. I don't want to speak out of line for that. But I do remember the game had a lot of turbulence, you know. And I don't know. Lawbreakers didn't actually release against other games. It just I think that Overwatch continued to stay so successful that maybe the Overwatch crowd is what pulled from Lawbreakers. I can't. Say. It's really an interesting thing to look at. Uh, but Saul, this should make you happy. Divinity Original Sin 2 will be coming to consoles in August of this year and is being developed or being developed by being published by Bandai Namco. Uh, I really hope it's done well. That's not surprising. I mean, the first game came to PS4, and from all of the I've heard from people who've played it, they loved it. I mean, I, I should rephrase that and say I really hope it performs well, like uh, performance in the game. Like runs on the console well, or yeah, like say, yeah, like okay. I hope it, like I, because I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Though. Everybody who played the first one when it came to console loved it, and I, I have never heard of any real issues with well, performance. So. That's, a, that's a really good game. I highly recommend it. I don't know if I'll pick it up, but I'll definitely will. Uh, I might. Which one are you currently if, playing? That one? Or are you two. playing? With, I'm yeah. playing the one that's coming to PS4. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Okay. Yeah, it's a really, really good game. Okay. Um, well, next up, and I've, I included this one just out of the sheer craziness nope. of it because it's been so long that they've been talking about it, but the Indiego- the Indiegogo-funded Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn, finally has a release date. Expect to beat down the hordes of Hollywood as Shaq starting June 5th. Shaw. June is starting to, yeah. Uh, June is starting to be a pretty interesting month. I have Onrush that I'm really excited for coming in June. Vampires coming in June. And Vampire, Vampire man, that latest yeah. trailer looks it so looks good. It looks really good, actually. Uh, outside of it being the standard, and I'm not even hating it for it because it still looks good enough. It looks about like, you know, what you'd expect. Focus Home Interactive games always tend to look just a little bit on the, on the underside of technology where it currently sits. So it looks good enough to make me want to play it, and I'm hoping as long as the systems are fun, Remember Me was extremely fun. So I like Don't Nod, and I plan to support them. Uh, even if the game doesn't end up going, it's still going to be a day one release for me just to show my support. Um, 
Far Cry 5 is the best-selling debut of the series, more than doubling the sell-through rate of Far Cry 4, which is insane. I can't believe that, uh, by its first week sales. So in the one-week period, it was more than double. Congratulations, Ubisoft. Congratulations. Uh, Montreal, right? even though, yeah, even though I actually have to say that I thought 4 was a better game, personally. I know that everybody stands on different sides of that. I actually think, above all, 3 is probably my favorite as a whole product. But I think if you took the, the smoothing out of gameplay that they did in 4, slap it with a story of 3, you have a perfect game. Uh, I, I really hope that the 3... Um, what is it? What would this oh, be Oh, Classic called? Edition? Yeah, Classic Edition. I really hope it looks... You know, it actually looks good. I'm fairly positive, like I said, that it's the PC version, which already had a thinner black outline, but still had that stylized black outline, which I want. I don't want them to take that away. I'm glad that that's there. Uh, and I'm glad that they're just porting it. If it's a port from PC, it's 1080p, 30 frames per good. second, likely. And even No black outlines. No no weird ratios here. Oh, you're talking about like bars. Yeah. <laughs> no, but... That, oh, yeah, you're talking about the design choice of the black outline. Yeah, That's right, yeah, yeah, which I like, like the black uh, yeah, stroke. I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about there everything. shouldn't be any kind of ratio bars at all. Yeah, framing bars. I got you. Uh, let's see. Last one. God of War took one of the game's designers 43 hours to complete 100%. As a designer, Corey Barlog, the game's director, mentioned that he knew what to do in the game outside of the story. He did not work on the story, but he worked on all the side quest things. So the story took him a little bit, but all the side quest stuff that would take you to 100%, he knew what to do, and it took him 43 hours. So normal players should expect an even longer time frame, which is interesting because you remember the 25 to 35 hours that's that he gave changed. to PSX is now even further than yeah. that. Yeah, so that's um, interesting. So you think if it took a designer 43 hours to do it and it takes a normal player, let's just say 50, Yeah, that may be a, that may end up being a little higher or a little lower. Um, that starts to push a little more. You know, World Den was talking about he didn't know if it would interfere. Depending on the rate that people get to play games, I do think that you start to see people still playing God of War, even from people who got it at launch or near launch, when Detroit comes out. I don't think they'll interfere with each other from a sales perspective because they're just different. Yeah, enough. and, and there, there's a good month, just but, about a month, just shy of five days there of a month that you have to play those games. But basically, the longer that we still start to see that God of War is being, the more interesting that becomes because... That is way longer. God of War 3 is the longest in the series so far that I'm aware of, and it took about 17 hours on usual to beat. So you're more than... Shorter than I thought. You're, you're more than doubling that, you know? So that's yeah. uh, pretty crazy. That is. Now, it depends on what the story is. I feel like the story is probably in the 25-hour range. Right. Personally. Collectibles and then any other kind of modes will go ahead and extend that. Man, if the story is longer hours. than 25 hours, that's going to be wild. That's going to be... A, yeah. I'm super excited for it. I'm really hoping the story is top-notch. I'm sure it will be. All right, so, Saul, you want to move into reader mail real quick? I sure do. We have El Chabib saying, Hey dudes, do you see yourself gaming as you grow older? Do you think your gaming genres and habits have changed growing older? Keep up the awesome work. Well, thank you, El Chabib. Thanks, sir. Um, for those that, uh, that don't know, this question came from Twitter, and you can always follow us on Twitter over there at Triangle SQRD. Um, but, yeah, I think I don't think I'll ever quit gaming. Um, I don't think there's another hobby in the world that can take over the amount of time that I've spent in gaming and yeah, I don't absolutely. think that um I don't think that it'll ever be replaced. In terms of genres going older or as I grow older changing, I don't really think so. Um I love just about every genre of gaming there is. More specifically though, certain titles in each of those genres. So I, I think that I'm just going to stick with it as a whole till the end. And Brett, I'm sure you will be the same. Okay, so mine's framed a little differently, and I think I've probably mentioned this exact reason uh, before, but I know that as I, I talked to Blaze and some of my friends who asked me why I don't watch many movies or TV, it's actually that, I mean, 
movie and TVs, I uh, movies and TV tend to not do as well of a job to me of giving me a story that I care about and that I'm as wrapped into. Some of that comes from the nature of games that when you build a really good narrative and story and you know plot on top of a gameplay system that's really fun, that you find yourself being caring even more about the characters because you do feel like you have some kind of agency over them. Even yeah. though I think that they're their own characters making decisions that I feel like is right for that character, I'm still the one making the final call. It is up to me to determine what the character is in my head, uh, which I love. Uh, so with that being said, I tend to get almost all of my stories and stuff in uh, definitely because when I watch TV, I rewatch stuff all the time, like The Office and and uh, How I Met Your yeah. Mother. So with, you, you know, I had that already when you before I you knew. Even said The Office. I know, uh, but being that being said, I tend to get most of my story and media interaction uh, in terms of stories from video games. Yeah, and I do not see that ending anytime soon. I do, I still just don't like the. I mean, I say don't like. It takes a really good TV show to make me want to just sit there and watch it. Uh, anime tends to do that better than actual TV shows do often, but that's also because a lot of animes choose to go with why like more out there subject matters, right? Which tend to be what pulls me in. Uh, and a lot of you know modern TV gets me sometimes, uh, but I, it tends to lose my interest eventually. So I, I like the ones that are more fringe. I talked about liking the path on Hulu and a lot of that comes from the similar reasons of what I have wanted to play Far Cry with which is the idea of cults and religious extremists and things that are either misconstrued as religious extremists so on a path of religious extremists is it Outlast or is it Far Cry 5 in terms of which one does it better yeah no no, no I'm talking about in terms of the path like is oh, it like oh yeah like what crazy what demon? is it going for uh yeah no 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 it's not like or is it like red state? Uh, okay, it, it, it's weird. I'm gonna give you a very short, and if anybody wants to check it out, very short plot synopsis. It's a group of people who are called Myrists who okay. worship the light, and the light is supposed to be like this thing. There's a, the ladder. You climb up the ladder to, into the light, uh, and they have these like pr- programs that you go through, and you're on different rungs of the ladder, so it's and you start to climb up it. Right, no, but there actually is like a it, it's a it's a belief. It's not as crazy as an alien coming down, and I don't. No, want, I'm just to be the fair, terms, I don't quite terms know of the religion, the way the, their religion works. That's but that's, I mean, you get into it, the, and now it's funny because the outside world constantly views them as cult, and they're constantly trying to say they're not cult. And when you're seeing their actions, you're like, yeah, they're not really. They don't feel cultist, right? Uh, but as you continue to watch, so, I mean, like it's basically them trying to deal with that, and then also the problems that do arise in certain characters who start to. It's a lot of it just has to do with political, like, like questioning, eventually questioning your political, your political, your religious beliefs, uh, and how other people question your religious beliefs, and how that all comes together, and the like, how dangerous that may feel versus how dangerous they actually are. So, I mean, it's it's like a, a religious thriller. Yeah, I guess is the best way to kind of word it. There's a lot of ups and downs and, and twists that happen uh, that kind of okay. keep you on the edge of your seat. So kind of, kind of, I'm kind of getting like Da Vinci Code vibes almost. Sure. So like, yeah, not now, not quite that. No, but I'm just talking yeah. about in terms of like, I like Da Vinci Code because it's 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 about that kind of darker side of religion, and then it's a, it's a thriller at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. I think that you would actually really like, it. and of course, it's got Aaron Paul. So Aaron Paul's. Aaron. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. It's got Jesse. Like, it's got. I, Jesse I don't know why when you said Aaron Paul, I thought of like a girl. I'm like, who is that? No. Um. Yeah, we've been talking about maybe renewing Hulu again just because Superstore is a really funny show. They have uh, Community, and they have uh, Key and Peele. So, yeah. yeah, I got you. Um, hey, Brett, Sean Sanderud writes in saying, this September has gone crazy with quality game releases. Good Spider-Man, question. Tomb Raider, and Spyro. You can only buy one of them. Which one and why? <sighs> 
Okay, so this is like I a. I think r- our answer may be the same. Is it? I don't know. Why don't you? An- why don't you answer the question? <laughs> we'll find Spider-Man. out. Yeah, that, it's the same. Okay, now I will say this: if I could only buy one, it would be Spider-Man as well. I here's the thing: I know that I'm going to get all three of these games, right? Like, I'm realistically, not, I'm getting not. I'm getting everything but Tomb Raider. I'm not playing. Okay, Tomb so Tomb Raider one, I really liked. It's like if you take. Uh, if you take the ideas behind Uncharted, but you give it, to be dead honest, I mean, as much as I love Uncharted, you give it better, which, I mean, Uncharted does better characters and gameplay and story, but Tomb Raider excels in the gameplay department. It feels similar while also giving you way more depth to every system that's in the game. Yeah. And giving you a slight open world feature where you collect, you know. You, I never played the first two, so, like, I just don't have an interest to yeah, play. Yeah, and I mean, I will say, I think you would actually like them. I, mean, I probably because, would, I just don't have any interest, like, right sure, now, especially everything going sure, on. Sure, But, I mean, I think if you ever get around to a chance of doing them, uh, one was great, uh, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I mean, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider was also really good. Uh, the naming structure is really weird on these, but good for them for doing something a little different than just Tomb Raider and then cool noun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or cool adverb or whatever you want to call it. See, I would go with Spider-Man because not only is it going to keep me busy, but it releases towards the end of the month as well. Mm-hmm. So sure. it's going to last me till August and I can buy Spyro. Because, <laughs> I mean, I've already played Spyro, not played Spider-Man. So. Wait, Spider-Man's the 17th, right? Yeah, it's halfway but, through the month. So, yeah, I mean, Spyro's me a little days. later. 27th, right? Something, Something like that. that. Yeah, 21st. So, yeah, think. 21st. Anyway, so point being, they're going to, that's on the heels of each other. But oh well, it's not going to really affect Yeah, like Spider Man. Spider Man's a new experience. And um, that's for my, the, for that's the my most biggest part. thing. I know like, Spyro's more of a known quantity. I am curious as to see how much they're going to keep versus change. Uh, there was this cool talk they did for anybody who's interested in the tech side where they made this thing called Spyroscope for the game uh, that. Uh, basically dug into the source code of the original games and kept things like uh, level structure and map, uh, you know, basically geometry that they could work out and know where the collision uh, things were. More than that, but point being, it was made so that when they put these new assets and stuff on top, that it made the game feel as much like the originals as possible and keep this like thing. My problem with that is I do, as much as I'm going to get Spyro, absolutely, I'm excited. It's not as big to me as Crash was. Crash was like lose my mind when they announced it. Uh, whereas Spyro is like, I'm really excited. I'm glad to see that they're doing this with another one. And they, and definitely with these franchises that have the ability, if they were given the right care to be just as pertinent to gaming as like Mario and Sonic. Right. Uh, And I think if they continue to give them the right teams, even new games could come out and be as relevant uh, and to very specific forms of gamers. Like they are a little more universal, I think because of the time that they came and you continue to build, right. uh, that they can be really important for building IPs that should have been around as, as mascots this whole time. But we all know gaming gets lost in the now shooters are the big thing. We're going to start doing shooters because shooters can show off our new graphics and all this stuff a lot better than these platformers could have. And platformers are, some people think that platformers have got to have a cartoony look. And I mean, I do like that, but I don't yeah. think it's true either. Cause I think games like enslaved Odyssey to the West show you that you can have stylized, but still more realistic uh, looks yeah. to platforming experiences while also inter- interjecting a little more combat and stuff in. So I don't know. It's weird to see how these things evolve, but my biggest thing with both of these games is seeing where the the crash, which did it phenomenally well, and where Spyro coming back, and if Spyro does as well, do we see new games in these series 
instead of just old games. Because the old games can sell nostalgia. Can the new games build off of what made the old game so well and maybe we'll like them while still doing something new enough to feel useful I in want, being I new? want that to be a thing. I just don't think it is. I don't think that there will be a new Crash or Spyro game that's not Skylanders. Um, mainly because... I'm not sure. I there's mean, a certain magic about both of these series that they won't be able to recapture. That's just the thing. Uh, the, well, but the, see, they recaptured them even when you're talking about the fact that they had to completely redesign these levels and hands up, make sure they still felt the same, and then redo certain aspects of the game like when they redid voice acting and redid the, the cutscene opening cutscene right they kept all, they, they all, kept that magic even though they were framing it around original that's what i was gonna if say you steep your, if it. you steep yourself in it enough i do think that there's a way that and definitely with vicarious visions i think it's obvious that they were big fans and that they know what fans want and they know what they want from a crash game i think they could go forward with a new game and it'd be good maybe not as great as the other three, but I th- I would settle for a new good Crash Bandicoot. I just I see it as really hard when they're when it's it's I, I don't mean to put the company down because it's a great company they did a really really good job with sure. the Insane Trilogy, but it's just kind of one of those things of where a lot of this was based off of old assets and older work, so it's almost like and you also run the f- it's going to be more harder to come up with this new the same kind of old old style magic that these games are, but with new original levels. So basically, the best way to word it is like you're going to be walking in the shadow of the original developers and no the fact what, that people yeah. love those original. You're going to be held so. up to that to that standard. I don't think we'll ever. And I'm not care. saying that's not true. I still would like to see someone try a brand new Crash game and a brand new Spyro game. I mean, or I would one love to see other. it. I would love to see it. I just uh, don't. I just. I don't think it'll happen. Whether or not um, it happens, I want it to. Yeah, but. questionable. We um, last question of the show. We have Matthew Green writing into us on Twitter. Saw on another first time twi- question giver too. Thank yes. you for checking us out, Matthew. Thank, he's yeah, a pretty, pretty you, new listener. So thank you. Uh, thank all of you guys for uh, you know contributing to the show. Um, but he says saw on another Twitter feed and thought a good question. What's your favorite Easter egg in a game? This actually took me a while to think about. Um, I, he sent it yesterday, and I, I had to instantly think about what I wanted because there's a lot of cool ones, right? I mean, there's ones like, uh, and it's I love Easter eggs before games even come out. I think that's really cool, like ARG. Uh, well, basically, where they where they run through like uh, they they tease The Last of Us in Uncharted. Oh, three oh, oh, at yeah. the very beginning when you're in the bar fight you can look at the newspaper and it says uh, like a fungal the outbreak happened outbreak. and I was like oh I, you know when I saw that I didn't think anything of it but then when you go back and you see in retrospect it makes it cool right Yeah. and then even when you're playing The Last of Us and you see all the easter eggs for like you're going to the toy store and they have the Jack and Daxter yeah. board game and like the Crash Bandicoot stuff I was like this there is was cool a Drake, there's a Drake uh, Drake's uh, reference to that game what is it I can't think of it I mean in the toy store yeah, there's an Uncharted Monopoly game or something like that and is that what it is? Probably. I mean, I can't remember anything else outside of that. But I try and think of like my legitimate, like trying to go back, what is my favorite Easter egg in a game? A very recent memory, just because I thought it was clever for them to do, because it's not even within their own genre, but I thought it was something that was cool. Far Cry 5's use of the red balloon from It yeah. outside of the sewer grate. That's kind of cool, yeah. I thought that was a cool idea. I was like, you know, I wouldn't have thought that I would see that. Right. Things that personally hit me, like I just thought it was really cool to do in the way that they did it. Uh, I'm going to say Uncharted 1, and it was actually, I think, in every Uncharted, if I remember right. But specifically Uncharted 1, back when it came out and I was playing it and going for the Platinum, uh, since it was one of the first games with trophies. Um, and uh, spoiler alert, I didn't get the Platinum. <laughs> I still need to, but point being, I was doing all the treasure parts, and you can find a precursor egg in that game, and I thought that was just a great 
mechanic way to pull this in right where you pull it up and it's a fully rendered 3d uh you know precursor egg and you can go around I'm like that's awesome i just think that's a really cool way to throw homage to your past series right definitely when you're going in such a different direction in a way that feels like it makes sense because how else would they have interjected that in there that's true yeah it's like where it felt natural yeah, that's about the only way you can do it, and it's an Easter egg because there's really you're not going to find it. it instead of it being like a cameo, like right. some games do, you do have to go out of your way to find it. So. Exactly. Um, I think mine. Like I thought about this for for a while. Um, the one that just keeps jumping out because I, I have a lot of favorites, but the one that keeps jumping out my mind is that uh, going back to Halo Three. The Halo series has always had an abundance of Easter eggs in the games that are really really cool. Uh, but in Halo Three on like the second level or maybe the end of the first one, there's a little door. And if you, you have to do something with your checkpoint, like you have to go so far forward, then come back to the door. But, uh, if you do that, it's, uh, the, the voice actors from the guys that are rooster teeth who do red versus blue, oh, they're having yeah. a conversation and it's really cool. Cause back at that time I, I was a huge fan of red versus blue and rooster teeth. And it's, it's so one that you now, wouldn't necessarily expect, even though it deals with Halo. You wouldn't yeah. necessarily think that Bungie are going to sit there and be like, hey, come on. And the, and the crazy thing about it is, is like I found out about it, not by reading online what it was, by a friend telling me, just just go do that and, and see what it is. And it was really cool. Oh, to so see. they didn't even ruin it for you. Yeah, that's cool. exactly. Yeah. So like that's the one that like keeps popping out in my mind. Um, Good question. Good thank question. you. Thank you guys for uh, taking the time out to ask us questions on Twitter. Remember, if you did ask us a question and you don't see it answered here, we are storing it in a bank for a bonus episode at the end of the month for a reader mail episode. Yeah, we so are now using those bonus uh, monthly. Yeah, so that's actually one thing that we want to be – every month we'll have guaranteed one bonus episode of the show. It will be – and that, of course, maybe not everybody wants to hear this. I mean, you know, in terms of what we're doing, in terms of – will participate and watch it. But right. point being for those who do want to find a little bit more about our personal lives and our personal opinions on things that are gaming related that maybe we've not covered or things that are just in our general life. We want to do this monthly. And, and since ask bonus us anything, episodes, basically. Yeah. Since they're bonus episodes, they're not going to have any sort of news yeah. drop, anything like that. Cause it's going to be covered in the episode that it, that it follows behind. Um, so it's, it's literally just going to be an episode to come hang out, listen to uh, any of us ask questions. So that's why we always tell everybody on Twitter, always just ask us a question. When you see that tweet come up, we try to do it a full day and ahead of recording. You may not see your answer there, but you will hear your answer one, one uh, at the end of the month, at least. Um, and we do have quite a few that we're going to be doing. So, um, just don't, don't be afraid, you know, come hang out with us. Uh, listen to us answer the questions that you guys are giving us. And um, as always, like we always tell people to hop down in the comments, you know, get we, we, don't be scared to to conversate with anybody down there. And uh, we rarely have people comment on our videos. And it'd be nice to see people having conversations. Did you agree with us on this topic this week? Um, you know, what are some features you want in the PS5? Always feel free to do that. It's always great to see. I'm down there in my own little pro- personal um, YouTube account. Brett is down there in the Nartech account. I figured I'd just use mine since it's easier to distinguish us. And, um, you know, we always like to conversate with you guys. So with that being said, the main topic. Main topic is some of you may have seen. I know we've talked about it with some people in the Discord. Uh there have been rumors going around of PS5 that are trying to run from an actual source that is somewhat credible. They have mentioned some, they, they basically leaked some things that end up coming to fruition in the past, which always helps just build a track record. So important for, you know, that kind of stuff to know. But with that said, some of it's pretty interesting. 
So one of the things about the rumor is actually talking about the fact that there are a couple or even, uh, you know, a decent amount of developers that actually do have PS5 uh, dev kits. So that means that people are able to play around with at least what the proposed specs are, which are subject to change. Even people working on early PS4 dev kits, initially early on the PS4 was spec'd out to have four gigs of RAM, now I think. And, and they, and with feedback from developers, it bumped to eight. I could be wrong on that. It may be that it had eight gigs the whole time, but I'm fairly positive it wasn't. Um, and it was also feedback from developers that made them go with DDR5 right. uh, instead of DDR3 RAM, which this is spec talk that may not be, you know, some of you may not care or know much about. But point being, specs are subject to change always. So even though devs are working on it, it may not mean that they're making full-scale games. It may be devs' kits out just to see what the current specs are and what devs may want and like or dislike about that current dev kit. That could be one thing. It could actually be the plan specs that could still have room to change and just letting devs get early starts on projects that would make sense for next gen. Uh, with all that things being said, that's not hard to believe. That part of the no, rumors, yeah, that part of the rumor the does seem to be the thing that would come to fruition to be true most. Now, rumors have kind of been bouncing around about dev kits going out, but this is the first time we've seen a rumor that, that I'm aware of that actually says that dev kits are on them. They are making things on them. And I'm, and I'm they curious have the, to who has them. See, I think so, too. You start to think about the devs that would be mo- – I, I, I would almost guarantee – Square would have one for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think. know about Square. I think Insomniac would be one of the very oh, first no, yeah, people Insom- to get it. Well, um, do you think so? Do you think they're already working on their next big game? Well, maybe not, but that doesn't mean that they're not working on a dev kit to, to give Sony feedback. That's true, And it too, depends yeah. on where what we're like what are the dev kits out for right now. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm sure, I mean, Insomniac has a great relationship with Sony. So, I mean, that's it wouldn't surprise me to hear that. I think Quantic Dream would be one of the teams to first get one and see what they can do with it because I think Quantic Dream have shown that they have incredible – they really know what they're doing on the tech side in terms of how to leverage that tech to get the best out of it. I think that them being the ones to do this and say, hey, Sony, here's our thoughts on it, and they're, they have a close relationship too. Now, these are people who are second party that I think it makes sense to why they would have it. Now, in terms of – First party teams, you would think most per- first party teams have it. Um, oh, one more, one more second party or third party developer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Kojima Productions seems like a pretty oh, early yeah. hit for. I w- honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm with this specific rumor keep like this popping up. I'm almost certain that Death Stranding is a PS5 game. I, I still don't know. I uh, think that there's more of a reason to believe it may be, and it may be across generational, which seems weird because I mean. I don't know. The wording has been very odd. Did they actually say first to PlayStation, or did they say first to play, or, or exclusive to PlayStation, or exclusive to PlayStation Four? Now that's a good that's a good point because memory right now fails me, um, I and can't, I can't I remember can't right now either because is. I do know that one of the things that could lead you know some people talk about Final Fantasy VII's remake coming and being this. Um, you know, coming so late that it ends up being a PS5 game, but the wording around it actually would support that it's that it wouldn't be a Square changing a promise because what they said is first to PlayStation, right? So what does that mean? First to PlayStation Five, first to PlayStation Four. Yeah. It's not specific enough to put them into a hole. The timed console exclusivity on that. Yeah, and I mean, and that's probably what they would word it as, regardless. But regardless, when you're looking at them, you start dealing with that and going, uh, it's negative twenty five. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, so when you're dealing with that stuff, it starts to be like, uh, 
why do people have it versus who would have it? So on the third party side or second party studio side, I think those make really good sense to be very early people. Even Rockstar, I think, wouldn't be out of the game. Uh, that would be a, an obvious pre- people for it to go to. But Naughty Dog first party would absolutely have it. Uh, I think that there's an argument to be made that maybe Sucker Punch would have it, and that I think uh, Ghost Punch of Tsushima may be uh, may be a cross platform game. That's another. I would one. hope I, they I'm... wouldn't, because one of the things that Sony's really good about, and that they didn't do with the PS3, PS4, even though they could have, uh, they did remaster games to PS4, but they did not make games that straddle the line that were actually considered like, oh, at launch, they're going to do both, or at launch, there'll be a month window where it comes out on PS4 first, and then PS5 will come out a month later, and it'll launch on their day one. Sony's not much for doing that. I like that. I want to see them fully leverage the system. Uh, so if they're putting it on PS5, I want it to be a PS5 game and fully show me what a PS5 can do. Yeah, like I don't at want least it to be early stages. Like you know what? Russian console games always leave a bad taste in my mouth. But for you that see, reason. you tend not to see them. Tend not to yeah. see them from first-party developers. Exactly, yes. You tend to see that from third-party who are trying to get their game on as many platforms as possible and can give a game a slight bump while also saying, okay, hey, here, it is on PS4 for people who don't want to buy it on PS3. You know, yeah. if you leave it stranded on one system, yeah, you're going to, from a third-party perspective, it makes more sense. But that being said, I want to talk a little bit about what the rumors are outside of just the fact that there are dev kits out. So one of the things out right now is that... They've talked about the fact that not only are dev kits out, but there is a suggested release date. So here Which he, is nuts, because I don't <laughs> think I believe this. Okay, so here, I'm going to tell you. Uh, a tweet by semi-known video game tipster Marcus Sellers, this is how this starts, has suggested that PS5 dev kits went out to third-party devs at the start of 2018. I'm fine with that. I think that makes total sense. That stays in line with my personal calendar that I've been keeping in my mind, which is the idea that Sony is going to release the PS4, I mean the PS5, in late 2019 around the November window and announce it in early February around the same time that they did with the PS4. Now, that doesn't mean they'll follow through with that. I am also, I think it's reasonable to say that they would also bring the PS5 out to where they show it in November and then release it in like the March range. Right. I don't know. Maybe like they show it in, in October, September, October, but why would you, the only reason I would go against that is why would you want to announce a console in the middle of a bunch of games releasing? Yeah, that's, that. it almost seems. March has like, pretty much become Sony's de facto area for their, their exclusives anyway. So wouldn't it make sense to alongside their re- exclusive releases and all of the window that they've built up to also show their new console? Well, and I'm curious too, because like that, that definitely does seem like their, their time of the year. Like if, if anything, it's almost grown accustomed to me that when it, when the beginning of the year, Sony, like that's it, like they're going to have these great games that are going to come out later on in the year, but I can almost always based on the last two years, expect something great from. Yeah, Sony. really even longer than that. Uh, I mean, I think that they already kind of started to have that window with the last of us coming out in May or April. I can't remember which one it was back when it originally launched. I think it was originally supposed to be April and it delayed to May, but point being that same year, that February before they announced the PS4, uh, there's, uh, Uncharted came out in an April time frame. Ratchet and Clank came out uh, in that April, March time frame. So, I mean, you see them constantly giving their exclusives this release window. So it would make sense to me for that to be how they're going to continue to play things. So with that being said, they're out. Okay, yeah, right. sure. People have got third-party dev kits. Now, this is what he says. Is it – now, it's funny. People often say that. 
But one of the things they mentioned is that they still say that Sony has a planned release window or a possible release window of 2018. Which is is nuts. I don't believe that at all. I I believe that late 2019 is the earliest we're going to see it. Here's here's the bigger thing. Here's the bigger thing. We're going to get it. Why would why would devs just now be getting dev kits? So, see, it's, it's part of where the rumor doesn't even make sense within its own self to me. Why would you send developers dev kits to make a game? Let's just say they went out even January 1st. Every developer that was going to make a game for, for launch would have one January 1st. Right. Let's say that they release the console on December 31st. It won't happen, but let's just say it. Right. All right, so that's at least the same calendar year. You're telling me you're going to give these guys just shy of a, of a full calendar year to make an entire game for PS5? That doesn't even add up. No, especially with a lot of these people, they're already working on these other games. And that's where that's where this kind of this kind of mysterious entity comes over this all is that like is Ghost currently being worked as a cross-gen game? We don't know. Like, is it currently like have have they had a dead kit for quite a while now? Oh, we Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, yeah, there's no way to tell. Now, I do feel fairly positive in being able to say that it's not See, Ghost I, of Tsushima will not be a cross-gen game. It will either be PS4, or it'll be a PS5. We haven't even gotten full in-game screenshots of that game though, have we? Like, we've seen concept art, but I don't think we've gotten. Yeah, and we got the trailer, but yeah, I mean, it does feel like a game that's far out. But I will say this: the same thing happened with Spider-Man, and Spider-Man's now releasing in a year-and-a-half window from announcement. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. I didn't think about that. I think it's... Now, we had had gameplay, or at least what they said, but what'd you say? I said Ghost. I mean, yeah, Yeah. Ghost was at PSX, right? Well, uh, Paris Games Week, PGW. Gotcha. Okay, so I'm curious is that, like, are they saving something because they are doing it? Like, are they saving it? To release on PS5? Like, are they are they going to release this on PS4? It's hard and to say. We're I get think a big blood announcement at E3. Like, hey, this is coming out in November. Maybe, but here's my it just thing. seems so it, far I don't, off. This E3, I still don't think. I mean, if that announcement was to come, it would be after the PS5 has already been announced or alongside the PS5 announcement. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, Sony, we know are are one for giving swan songs on on PlayStation. I mean, while Xbox hadn't already had. A single exclusive, like the last year and a half of That's, its console life. Sony, well, Sony, the same year. I mean, maybe Forza, but I was like Cuphead. Okay, well, no, 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 no. I'm talking about Xbox 360 and Xbox One. I apologize. Thank you. Oh, for okay. Making me specify there. Um, but with that being said, when we were going from the PS 360 generation to the uh, Xbox One and PS4 generation, we saw Microsoft had already backed far away from doing console exclusives, and they were just keeping their third-party publisher, you know, things along uh, going along forward. Now, what did we see Sony do in contrast? We saw Sony release not only The Last of Us and God of War Ascension. Right. I say God of War Ascension. Yeah, it was 2012 or 2013. One of the two. I'm pretty sure it was 2012 now that I think about it. But regardless, in that last year, you saw... Uh, three big name games that could have easily been PS4 launch games and would have helped them. It was March 12th, 2013. So you had Beyond Two Souls, you had The Last of Us, and you had God of War Ascension. 
three big name exclusives that from big developers that could have benefited that could have made the PS4's launch even bigger. But what did they do? They wanted to do PS3 and keep that swan song on PS3. It was smarter for them. It gives them more of a sell through rate. Last right. of Us sold so well because of that. And then they eventually they, I, um, they probably have the plans already. That's like you know we we're going to take advantage of this new hardware. We're going to make a remake of it or remaster of it, and then then they'll sell that much many more. Yeah, because sure. for people like me, like you, like Seth, that we all loved Last of Us on PS3, bought it again on PS4. Yeah, and it got because it's just a game we're buying again. Yeah, and they gave it like another one point five two million copies so, sold, something like that. I'm curious because. I wonder if Ghost could fall in that realm. I wonder if I wonder if if if, if it comes on PS4 yeah, and like it relaunches if, like, on PS5. Because how long was it in the PS5's life that the last was came out? Like PS4s, you months? mean? Yeah, yeah. PS4, my bad. It was it was launch year. Okay, yeah. So uh, so I, I would I'm say if that could happen or if that would happen, I, I would hope. Like, I would think that maybe they were scared of backlash. Like, oh, you just launched this game and we we bought it for PS4. Like, you could have launched this on PS5 and we would have bought it on launch. But when you think about it, when was the when was the last time we saw Sucker Punch? Now that yeah, very beginning of the console exactly. So cycles. Like, I mean, with with a big entry of uh, infamous. Uh, you want to say Last Light? Yeah, infamous uh, Second Sun. Second Sun. Now technically, the last time we really saw them was Last Light, but that right. was a smaller team working on that. And that was or, yeah, that was like what a four or at least it was a very DLC? it was a very or scoped standalone, right? Yeah, uh, no. Yes, it was, it was standalone. standalone. It was okay, standalone. I remember seeing the case for it oh, somewhere. Oh, by the way, The Last of Us came out in July 2014, so okay, just so over, over a year, year after yeah. the original release. Yeah, so I could almost see that. I could almost see Ghost specifically going two ways. Uh, it's so weird to say Ghost because I keep thinking of Call of Duty Ghost. Like, <laughs> I had to push that out of my head the first couple of times I said it too. But um, yeah, like I, I almost want to say that that's going to be a launch. If this is if, by the way, we, we were speculating here that this get that this console is coming out by 2020. I, I'm assuming it's going to come out in 2020. But now with this new dev kit information, it very well could be sometime next year. Okay, so here's here's one of the things that we've we've got to talk about sooner rather than later, right? Is all the games that Sony have announced that we do know for sure are coming to PS4 that some of them still Spider, are Spider Man. Yeah, so you have all these games Donald going War. all the way into the end of 2018, right? Right. Really hot release schedule. Right. All right. Why would they release console this year? That goes yeah, that yeah, goes to show our just... support. That goes to show our support that there's no way. All right, no. so now you continue to push out. We know that The Last of Us Part Two is a PS4 game. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We just know. Yeah. I mean, they've basically said we're going to see it I again, think right? Be the last we know that Days Gone is a PS4 game. Hopefully so, yeah. Right? <laughs> Well, no, I mean, we know. I do. I they think never got a release date, though, right? No, they, but I fairly, I'm fairly positive it's going to be very early in the 2019 calendar. But here's my thing. They moved it because it's new IP, and they know it's going to go up against other things. Now, regardless, is it's going up against too much stuff. And now that we're seeing all these games coming with Spider-Man and Dreams isn't even on the calendar, but they're saying it's this year it release. It has to be December. Right, so you have all these games that we don't even have release dates for. Dreams, right. The Last of Us, Days Gone. Those are three, at least, right? And depending on what they announce at, P- at uh, E3 this year, they're going to have to have some kind of big announcement for E3, right? What do they announce if it's not going to be a P- if it's a even let's just say that the PS5 comes out in November. What do they announce now? Yeah, like they they can't announce anything that would come to that that would make sense. It would have to come out within the calendar year right. of E3 to E3, right? Which is why I would think that like if if now I do think that there's room there's room to believe that we could still see PS5 come out in November. But I'm even starting to try to think of ways that the PS5 release date starts moving a little further because I mean, even okay, this E3 makes it so weird because I'm trying to think of what they announced. I, I don't even want to think of it at this E3. Like, maybe they announce it, and then it's like coming November 2019. And then 
that's that actually like now they don't I think of, they don't need to do that because that is exactly what Xbox did with the Scorpio, and I think that was a big failure because not only did they announce well, no, this Scorpio, is just, this is just me mentally processing. Sure, but I'm gonna loud. I'm gonna finish that thought real quick. The Microsoft announced Scorpio and had this lofty video from the developers about what it was supposed to be. Oh no! And then yeah. what did we get? Not what they said we were going to get. Necess- no. like, realistically, not what they said we were going to get. Like, my, my, and they continued to flip-flop because of the fact that they had a year and a half to release of the console that they kept changing this. The marketing messages, uh, messaging started getting a little fuzzy and yeah. weird. And they started true flipping 4K. on things. And then it started being like, oh, it's going to be true 4K. And then which every think, game will be true 4K. I and think then, I read online that they're saving grace with the words true 4K is that like some of the textures in the games actually are true 4K. And well, they never specified what was true 4K. Because somebody actually was bringing up a good point of, uh, aside from the couple Texture games, resolution is actually an interesting way to go about that from a technical side. Tech, uh, texture resolution, you can put a game in, and actually that's what the PS4 Pro does. Some PS4 Pro games, definitely from first their party, textures are for, 4K. The, the textures are not 4K, but they're just bigger. Oh, well, they're, yeah. they're higher resolution textures. That way when they do checkerboard or upscale or whatever they're doing to 4k they look better now some ps4 games when it upscales to 4k doesn't do anything it's the exact same textures of the 4k resolution on the final render right right but with that being said what xbox is trying to do from a texture perspective is there but they had enough time to screw around with their messaging whereas sony with this very clear here's february not only are we talking about what's inside of the system and what the system is going to do we're not going to show the box we're not we're going to be very specific with our thing and through this next 10 months or i guess technically nine months throughout this next nine months we're going to give you every like, we're, the very first announcement is what it's going to be don't worry about what it's going to look like because it doesn't even matter at that yeah, point yeah that comes what's, at psx what's this con oh yeah or e3 depending on or, when yeah, they the announce next year. it um but like, why do you need that? So instead, we're going to talk about what's the innards of the system. What can the system do? What is the system leveraging for for developers that the last system could not do, and why should we care? All right, those are the things that you kind of want to cover with an announcement, which is exactly in direct contrast to what contrast to what the Xbox One announcement was. Right. So with that being said, we kind of know that Sony understands that that is the way you try and move forward, unless they've completely lost their mind, which is possible. Um, but if that's going to be the way they go forward then they don't need this year-and-a-half-long thing. Now, that's just in response to the idea of the Xbox thing. The Scorpio was a horrid announcement, and giving it that much time just set weird expectations. So, so like, well, how would you feel? Like, in a, in, a, in a realistic world, this sounds like this could actually work. At PSX, they announce it. Sure. But nothing's shown. E3, they show... And and over the course of this time, over the course of this... Now, hold on. You're saying PSX this, this year, year, they announced it. So we're talking December 2018, they announced right. the console. So then... So what, the when course, is your release window? Still November 2019? I would or? still say November 2019. I yeah. think it's a great release window. So, it's after the... For the most part, it's after all the big games have come out. And then it gives stuff for uh, PSX to be able to look forward to that can show off games there for that. That's True. like, you're actually getting stuff. It's a month later. Here's what you're going to be getting in... On this console, you actually do yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, of course, over the, uh, over the time, Sony may hold a conference here and there, or maybe just one conference and show you the innards and then and then um at e3 good old mark kearney cerny cerny i don't know why i keep saying that he walks out on stage you're like oh look it's it's mark and then all of a sudden andrew house walks out on stage you're like what's he doing here <laughs> that would be more weird because andrew house is resigning that's why i said yeah. what he, what's he doing there and then they have like this thing on the stage and they pull back this cloth and that's what it looks like and then you get some snippets of games that are coming out because when when i think about ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima, I don't think 
Like I think that even November next year is a crazy date. Like that's for that game. Too, too, it just too depends close to because me. Like, here's the thing: that could be another swan song, right? It, because it could be, yeah. let's think about it. So November next year, that's a year and a half from now, right? Right. I've, and we heard about Ghost of Tsushima in around like the August September yeah. window of of last year. So oh, well, did we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Now and then we had the PGW. I mean, then we had the PSX panel, which didn't show anything more, which I was actually a little bit surprised at. Uh, but let's just say E3 this year comes and we see Last of Us 2 gameplay, we see Ghost of Tsushima gameplay, and then by, let's just say, summer of 2019, Ghost is ready and ready to go. And it's a, and it and Days Gone and The Last of Us are the three that mirror God of War, The Last of Us, and... Um, Beyond. Beyond. Now, those are the three that kind of mimic that. Here's our last three big things that show that we still support PS4. And here's our last three swan songs for the got system. It then. I got what's perfect. Now, Dreams is still somewhere and magically so, mixed up in this. But. Uh, December, I would say. This December. Um, but it would be so cool. Like, And, of course, I was joking with the Andrew House thing. It would be cool to see him again. I don't oh, think yeah, we'll I do like see him, him again. I, I'm going to miss him. Um, but it would be cool for Mark to be on stage or even um, Shaw, or Sean. Yeah. Uh, and then... Let you know that you, there is backwards compatibility. Like, okay, so you, you may be excited for these games coming out. It, it, this could be at the end of the conference. Like, you know, you're seeing that Ghost is coming out. You're seeing, in, like, in a month. And then you're seeing that, you know, Last of Us 2 is coming out for a month in PlayStation. Well, don't worry, because in November, if you pick up a PlayStation 5, you can seamlessly play these games with the disc inserted. And it worked perfectly fine. Because hardcore people, like, most of the people who listen to us... And then of course us, we're gonna we're gonna go buy a PS5, and then if it reads PS4 disc, it ha- it why loses. not just play it on that? Yeah, exactly. So that would be my dream. I don't think that would happen, but there's no way to tell, dude. Backwards compatibility still stands. Like you know, so many people are saying it's this easy, easy, easy thing. And while I do think it's easier than what the PS3 to PS4 jump was going to be, yeah, it's still gonna. I it's do not th- out of reach, but it's still like don't get your hopes up about it, it because it depends on how far they want to push technology. But th- that being said. Uh, Here's my dream. Just to, we're talking about crazy things they do, right? You're talking about Andrew House coming on stage. What I want to see is Mark Cerny come up on stage, right? And he's talking about he says thanks for joining us today. Or actually, let's just say instead of being Mark Cerny at first, right? It's uh, Sean Layden. Sean, I, I said Shane, yeah, but Sha- okay, Sean. So Sean, maybe Sean comes Sean. up. He's like, hey, thanks for coming today. Thanks for joining us. We've got some exciting stuff to share. And there's a curtain, right? And you're like, what's going on with this curtain? And then they open it up, and it's Mark Cerny and Kevin Butler's back, boy. Oh my gosh. And now that would never happen because no, of the lawsuit. I'm about 99% sure he wouldn't want to work with them again. And then, and then on the screen flashes the game that everybody's been wanting. The Surge 2. <laughs> the surgeoning. Well, The Surge 2 has been announced. Let's go oh, no, some, it hasn't. Yes, it has. No, it hasn't. Yes, it has. I talked about it on this show, Saul. But more oh, importantly. Oh, I blocked that memory out so bad. Yeah, you did. No. Then guess, who, guess, who, guess who's sitting across from them? Gabe Newell. Guess what game's on screen? Half-Life Half 3. Half-Life 3. <laughs> All right. All that being said, we haven't went into yet the specs for uh, the leaked the proposed specs. specs. Yeah, and now these are interesting for a number of reasons. One thing I want to check out real quick was... It's good to see they're going with AMD again. Or an AMD architecture. Yeah, I mean, I'm fairly positive. They don't want to work with NVIDIA because NVIDIA are, are trying to gouge price-wise. So I think it makes sense. Now, who knows? With AMD bouncing back up, anything could happen. Uh, but I'm I'm looking to see... Okay. Good drivers, though. So... And it's not impossible by any standard. That's why I think this is interesting. So the specs that we see right now, uh, and they're not complete specs with clock you know, speeds or anything like that, but it at least gives us some architecture specs. So this has some credibility again 
because they leaked the Nintendo Switch and the PS4. Uh, this is the same people, just to reiterate that. Right. Uh, the site, semi-accurate, that leaked it, claimed that Sony will continue working with AMD, just like Saul said, uh, and that the PS5 will be using AMD Navi. Now, Navi's already been announced. It's it's unknown, though. Like, now, yeah, no. Same, same we, don't, as, we don't know what this architecture is holding right now. Sure. There's a lot of speculation, yeah, but, and, we, but and, nobody, nobody has... The results, they don't have anything about this. But at here's all. what's interesting. So Jaguar, the Jaguar architecture, and I was wrong on, on thing. I, I, for some reason, thought Jaguar was already outdated uh, by the time that it got into PlayStations, but Jaguar started. It came out like 2013. No, okay. Mid, okay. Mid 2013. So that was about in the same timeline, right? Now, the way that the. Wow, that's impressive how they got that in the system like that. Well, I mean, I'm sure they already knew about it. And, well, no, I'm saying just like it's impressive that they. They had that chip in the system to launch in that year. Yeah. That, well, that, I'm sure the, the the chip was already planned, right? And it's just they like, hey, here's what we have planned. This yeah. is what we can build. Now that being said, because of it, because of the mobile nature of it, I mean, consoles to an extent were weak with the specs they had versus, and it was a huge jump for consoles in terms of like the amount of RAM and all this stuff. Uh, but that was more like a how can you multitask on the system? So we still need to see graphical output changing. So going with Navi would make sense at least to follow the Jaguar thing, where in the same year of release, Jaguar is planning to re- release by the end of this calendar year. So that's one thing I could actually see them going. Okay, well maybe that's why they think it's a 2018, or maybe the rumor was miss heard or misconstrued to think that they're talking about Navi releasing this year and that the PS5 would release this year because of that. Who knows? Now, if Navi Navi releases at the end of this year, right, and it's still in PS5, great. It's it's a current up-to-date chipset. Cool. Now, who knows what AMD's doing with Navi? That's going to be a lot. Um, And what they said for the CPU side is that it will have an AMD, uh, AMD, yeah, AMD Zen CPU architecture, which is common in computers now, and it's AMD's which newest processor. Which is good, thing. because not only is it... The, the, the new APUs are pretty decent. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that like... Now, here's what's interesting, though. If it's having Navi graphics and Zen CPU, that means that it's not... At least within reason and rolled in, please make sure I'm right on APU. this. This is not an APU. Yeah. This is dedicated GPU, dedicated CPU, yeah, well, which will make know. a huge difference if that's what this oh, is getting at it'll, into what power this system will have versus... It'll be nuts. Now, it's a very interesting way to see these specs going. I think that they fall in line. I would have hoped forever that, I mean, with Zen being the new processor chipset that they're going with, that they would have some form of Zen in the PS5. I've said that. They're so limited, though. Which is what you get in consoles, and you get mobile processors. And a lot of it well. comes down to a lot of it comes down to trying to keep power regulation under right. right. And also, definitely on the PS4, they were trying to make sure that they didn't have to have an external power brick. Which I wouldn't have minded. Like, oh honestly, yeah, I mean, like, but I mean, it's, it's nice to be honest. Even when I had an Xbox One, the power brick's annoying as hell. I hate it. It's like the same as the Xbox 360. Though, it's so huge, and it, it won't go behind my stuff. Yeah, but that's also a very easy problem to fix. I'm sure you can find some place to hide it out of sight. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't like it. That's all I'm getting at. So I would. My I, monitor has a <laughs> power brick. Yeah, it's crazy. it's small to be fair. Mine does too. It's like an inch tall and like two inches. Like mine's like four wide inches wide. Or something. Yeah, like two so. inches thick. But like that's a good question. Like for those that are listening, let us know in the comments. Do you care about the way your console looks? Like if you've had a big console, does it matter to you? And have you bought a console based off of its looks? Yeah, well, one more thing I want to talk about from the insides, because, I mean, a lot of that's up to speculation. And I mean, yes, I want to see a big jump. I mean, if you want to talk about RAM, who knows with what we're going to see the on fact RAM. The there's GDR5 in the systems now, RAM is so ridiculously Well, sure, but how, you know about HBM RAM, right? Right. All right, so, but people were going all towards HBM RAM. Now it seems like they're kind of backing off of HBM yeah. RAM. There's no telling what's going to be in it, right? So, so here's a bigger question. If it's GDR5, how much, right? 
Minimum it, minimum twelve recommended in my opinion sixteen. And I wonder minimum. if Foxconn or somebody they have deals with the manufacturers because for sixteen gigabytes of GDDR four in my computer. Well, that's DDR four though. Right, right. That is different. I know, but I'm just saying like it's expensive now, and like I'm wondering. GDDR five has been being made, so if you stick with GDDR five, if they did, you would deal with the production have, cost being right. down because of so. Good. Okay. Uh, that's so we're one not thing. Seeing a because you're still point. seeing a lot of people on CPUs that uh, and motherboards that support DDR three. That's why DDR four is still nuts, expensive. Yeah. Um, but that being said, one of the other things I did want to talk about, and this makes perfect sense in line with what I would imagine Sony would do. VR has done very well this generation with this PS five. He's saying that the PS five will have VR goodies baked in to the processor on the chipset. Now that makes sense. I don't see why they wouldn't. If you think about this, the Vita announced, right? The Vita came out. The Vita did not have great remote play with PS3, but it has perfect remote play within reason, depending on what you're doing. With the PS4. With what you expect. Every game is pretty much remote remote playable on PS4. That's because the PS4 shipped with the stuff to do that, the internals to do that, on the chip. It would make the most sense for Sony's next... VR iteration to already be baked into the console. That way people do not have to have this breakout box. It doesn't have yeah, to do any of this stuff. Like they have now. They can already you have know, 3D cute. audio work in to, to it. You'd have all these things. I mean, it would make VR more attractive. Less cable management would be ideal. Wireless probably is still not going to be seen, but if we can get down to very thin weightless wires that don't inhibit the experience, that would be great. New, I think the new Vive is wireless, but it's like $1,100. Regardless, my point being, you obviously want to see them keep that price range that they did with PSVR while also making the experience better. One of the ways to do that, as I've said, is to get rid of the move tracking. Smart on them to use move tracking with the VR because they got to well, they got to reuse technology that they had invested a lot of money into and did not see a return of investment. Now they're seeing the return of investment. They can take that, go, that's a wash. Where we've kind of covered that. How are we going to move forward, and what are we going to do it with? Now, if they keep the lights, multi-camera tracking is something that I think is very extreme important and one of the biggest reasons that the PlayStation does wrong but also drift like where it, 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 it doesn't happen to me often but every now and then you're playing a game you get that just a, it'll just drift bit, from you yeah. it's like it's well, kind of it doesn't quite know where I'm at for some reason it's moved where it thinks yeah. I'm at that happened to me like only once I think when I was playing yours and it wasn't a bad it wasn't bad um, I'm still I'm still one of those people though I'm not like a firm like fan of VR like it's not a big thing to me I don't plan on getting I VR. enjoy it I mean I enjoy it and I and I I really supported it more from a cutting edge technology kind of thing and I think that it was really ballsy of Sony to be the only console manufacturer to yeah. come out with the, not a partnership but instead their own, own solution yeah. that Which, was the most cost effective version it, it might have been like because here's the thing it, you're it still sense. seeing it they're getting support. Even oh, yeah. sometimes they're getting support there's, after. I'm pretty sure there's more VR games on the drop than there is PS4 games this week. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, those things being said, I mean, it all lines up to, I think that these rumors, I think that the majority of these rumors are true, right? I think that I think that there's a very high chance people have dev kits, and this is more of a summary. People very likely have dev kits. How many? Who knows? Uh, I think that the fact that they, they would go with Navi and Zen and go with a, with a you know, uh, dedicated GPU and CPU makes sense. Right? right, that's the next big jump. Stop relying on APUs. All right, when you go away from that, I think that having baked in VR, considering how successful and how much more successful Sony wants VR to be, uh, again makes sense. And you can improve this next iteration. You can make VR even better, even more accessible, make it more lightweight on your head, more comfortable, less wire management. Get even more games and even better tracking so that you continue to iterate on these games. Maybe even get more of your first-party studios in on making these VR games or making games VR compatible. Though I think making a VR game from the ground up makes more sense. But 
The only part of the rumor that tends to fall flat for me is the idea of a 2018 release date. Now, I don't no, know yeah. quite why the rumor has been construed that way, and if it has something to do with it the fact that Navi mix up a Navi and the, and the and or it may just be a bad it may just be bad info. It may be somebody who said, "Yeah, it's going to release it this year." It's a rumor, and I mean rumors tend to come from sources, right? Right. So yeah, we have a source here who spread the rumor, but that the the source that spread the rumor has their own source that gave them this information where they were comfortable enough to feel like this was okay for them to leak and be credible on. Because I mean. That's one of the things that is weird about these things is that they kind of live and die based off of their credibility. And if you're going to be a rumor mill, you do have to have at least parts of credibility that continue to carry through for people to give you the time of day. Yeah. So we're seeing that here. This is someone who's done that multiple times where they've given some information that turned out to be true, whether it was good guesses or, or accurate information and then some inaccurate information is yet to be seen. Who knows? Um, and it won't be seen for quite a while either. It sounds yeah, like. Yeah. At least, I mean, maybe E3, but like more so PSX and the next year. The latest I can imagine, like the earliest, I guess would be the way, the way to word it. The earliest I can imagine a PS5 announcement would be PSX. Exactly. That would be wild. Though. I mean, they made, and I think it makes way more sense to give PS5 its own event just like they did with PS4, where it's yeah. unapologetically about PS5. Right. There's no other stuff to mix into it. Now, if they chose to do that at PSX this year, and PSX was like, hey, look, all the games that we've announced at E3 and stuff will be on the play floor. This is still going to be a player-based show where you can see all these things, and we may have separate panels that touch base on games that are coming out, but the keynote itself is going to be just that. Now, that doesn't make sense to me because that is more of an event if you're talking about revealing a console. That's an event that you want press at and media at, not an event that you necessarily worried about people being at. Now, a ballsy move on Sony's part to say that, no, PS5 launching is something that we want to do with our core user base who comes to this, that'd be ballsy. Yeah. And there are still, obviously, media that come there. That would be a cool way, maybe a really good faith thing. Like, oh, man, they, they care about their fans enough to do it at a fan of Ace event. And, I mean, who knows how hands-on they'd be able to get. Probably not at all. But my point being, if they chose to do that, that'd be wild. I don't think they will. I still do think it'll have a, a, a carry. I mean, it'll carry over to next year and have a standalone event. Uh, but, yeah, the latest I can see an announcement happening this year that I hope, if it was going to happen this year, would be PSX. If we see an announcement at E3 and they don't give a release window of early next year, which yeah. I don't want, to be honest, which I actually you know is not going to happen with the game slated. It's just not. No. So that'd be very. Surprised. I don't even want them to announce it at E3. I just keep it out of the mind. Keep it out of the. Don't even talk about the possibility of it. Leave it alone. Don't do this. PS Five's coming, and it's going to be a really tour de force. Yeah, we've like, seen the same thing with Final Fantasy VII and Kingdom Hearts. We just, I still don't believe Kingdom Hearts is coming out of this year. All this stuff said 2018, I still don't believe it. Yeah, regardless. Until I see anyway, it, until I have it in my hands. Wrapping it up, Saul, is there any final thoughts that you think or do you think I kind of hit the head on the nail? No, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything. I think Nail that, on the head. <laughs> nail on the head, yeah. Uh, I pretty much agree with everything. I uh, I think that we'll see it sooner or later, more more later. Not quite 2018 like these rumors are construing. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for it. Most exciting thing that the rumor... Is, is for you like what's the most exciting part the fact that, uh, that just seeing a new amd architecture that's not an apu okay yeah i would actually agree that my favorite part of this is the idea of a of a dedicated gpu right, yeah. and cpu i think that sounds crazy and that seems like a big step forward for consoles it does that's why um, that's why i'm kind of like questionable like do people care about the uh console size because these will be bigger as someone who also does really enjoy like tech side and seeing people work with tech it is pretty exciting to me to see people having the dev kits in and actually maybe yeah. possibly working on ps5 games so with that we will move on to we would like to hear from y'all and see what do you guys think is of the course. most exciting part of these rumors if they turn out to be true i don't i mean i can almost guarantee that 2018 is out of the window so i'm going to say very boldly and i think very rightly that you can cut that but outside of that i mean do 
you think it's most exciting that you, from a technical standpoint? If you follow that, do you think that's most exciting? Do you like the back idea of developers having this and being able to mess with it and the possibility of games already being made for this console? Uh, are you excited just that there's a PS5 in general, whereas Xbox tends to, seems to be going towards the idea of constantly iterating instead of doing a real you know, jump forward. Here's my next gen. Uh, let us know in the comments. Let want? us know on Twitter. Get with us. Email us, whatever you want to, however you want to contact us. We'd love to hear it. If you like this video or if you like the podcast, uh, consider subscribing to us. Give us a review if you're on iTunes or any of those podcast services and get us rated higher so people can find us easier and tell us what we're doing right, tell us what we're doing wrong. We'd love to hear it. Uh, and until then, Saul, I think I will see you and everyone else next week. I may even see you throughout the week. It's been rare here lately, but I'd like to see yeah. you. Yeah, that's something we need to fix. If nothing else, we'll hang out Wednesday. But until then, we'll see you all next week. This has been Triangle Squared. Thank you. Thank you guys for everything.